0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Bashmania podcast. I am your host, Justin Bash. This is episode 20, and I am pumped for another great episode. This weekend's Bill Farrell definitely lived up to the hype. If you didn't listen to the last episode with Reese Humphrey, where we chatted about it from both an athlete and coach standpoint, and really from a fan standpoint too, give it a listen. It has some great context and has a lot of good substance diving into how important this weekend was and what's coming up in the wrestling scene. If you're a wrestling fan, you know that we are in the midst of the Olympic season, and especially because this this podcast focuses so much on men's freestyle. I'll kind of hone in on that. This weekend, we had six more freestyle men qualify for the Olympic trials in April two of which by the way have already been on the podcast that being Seth Gross who qualified at 57 and Jordan Oliver who qualified at 65 the runner-up at 65 Frank Molinaro has also been on the show All three of those episodes, great episodes. If you're looking for good wrestling content, those dudes poured their heart out on this podcast and gave so much value and entertainment to those listening. Those are definitely three episodes I would listen to. But my point is we had six men qualify in freestyle for the Olympic trials in April. And I thought, what would be a better guest this week than to have one of those champions, one of those qualifiers on the show? So that's what we're doing. Today, we have heavyweight Gable Stevenson on the show if you're a wrestling fan you've more than likely heard his name he finished third this year at ncaa's as a true freshman he's a junior world champion he's a two-time junior cadet world champion he's no stranger to the spotlight and he's no stranger to success within wrestling many actually view him as one of the faces of the sport for the future so we're going to get him on the show talk about this weekend's bill farrell talk about the olympics talk about his plans for minnesota um competing still in college this year and see what he has to say before we get into the show, real quick, guys, if you like the show, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. I promise you, there are so many great wrestlers lined up to come on this podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling, if you're a parent of a wrestler, if you are a wrestler, whatever the circumstance may be, this is definitely a podcast you want to subscribe to. So, with that said, let's dive into today's show. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you going to do when Mania runs wild? Oh, it's going to be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. What's up, Gable? How are you? Same, Maud. How you been? Doing good, man. It was a blessing to be able to go to the Bill Farrell this weekend and kind of, it's the first time I've been able to, like, at the U.S. Open, it's kind of similar, but, like, the Bill Farrell is nuts because everybody's right there. Like, you're you're warming up as everybody's, like, walking around, like, just sitting down, kind of trying to find a spot to watch. So that was pretty cool to be in the midst of that. What was that like being yeah. at the Bill Farrell, competing in that environment? Um,
1: I think the Bill Farrell, it was ran real well. I mean, it was perfect. Like, kids can see us warm up, like how you say, like, right next to them. I mean, it's just everybody's like stuck like right on like right mat side and I think it was perfect environment to Russell that weekend.
0: Do you get distracted at all by that?
1: Nah, I mean it's always gonna be there. I just keep I mean, right before the match I'm always I'm always locked in, but before I can I talk to a few few kids and say hi to a lot of people, so it's no big deal to me, I think. Yeah, I love it. Like as a fan
0: and being friends with you guys, like I love it to be able to just say what's up. Like I'm I'm cheering for you, and you look good. I just I never want to cross that line of like, all right, leave me alone. I'm getting ready for the match. (laughs) Like that's always the at some of these events. So speaking of the Bill Farrell, how did it go? Did did obviously you won it? You're qualified for the Olympic trials. Did everything pretty Uh much go according to plan?
1: Yeah, everything pretty much went. Really good plan. I mean, we've been training for this for uh, a little while now. Just been just been focused on uh, getting stronger, making sure I can go the whole match, and just build my speed up and everything else that comes with it. I mean, but it was a real good time to go out there and win the tournament. So we'll see uh, if I do go to the Open, but probably not. I don't need to since I'm already qualified for it. But it was a good little time to get that out the way.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, I imagine now it's got to be a little bit, of a, not a weight off your shoulders. I know you had the confidence that you were going to be at the trials, but it's got to feel nice that it's done. You're qualified. Like you have till April to compete where you want to train how you want. What is, what is your plan from that standpoint from for the next, you know, five, six months getting ready for the trials? Do you have your, your schedule kind of both college and freestyle? Do you have your events that you want to compete at?
1: Oh, Yeah, right now I think we're just going with the flow. We have a few uh, things that we got got planned. Uh, we might go some places, but ultimately the goal is to just stay focused until the trials, and obviously just keep going with uh, whatever else I got going on.
0: And you're and you're not planning on taking the whole year off from Minnesota, correct? No, I'm not. So it, it's gonna it's got to be cool because I know that from an NCAA standpoint. The NCAA championships being in Minnesota—what does that mean to you?
1: It means like it means really a lot. I mean, it's a perfect place to have it. The US Bank Stadium, I mean, it's where the Vikings play, and hopefully, it'll they it can sell out and get a lot of people in it. But I mean, it's a like I said, it's a great place to have it right here, and uh, hopefully, all the fans will enjoy us going out there and doing our best, just like all the other college fans will. And it's really exciting to have it in my in our hometown.
0: Yeah, for sure, that's got to be cool. And going back a little bit further, you know, I feel like so many people know Gable as this, this just absolute stud of a wrestler. But going back to when when you're younger, so many people dream of being world champions, Olympic gold medalists, doctors, astronauts, whatever it is. And I feel like it fades because it's not realistic for everybody. Like I can dream to be a doctor, but I suck at college. I'm not going to be good. I can dream of being being an Olympic gold medalist, but I just don't have the athletic talent. How old were you yeah. when you knew that like this is your path? Like you, you have what it takes.
1: Um I've always knew i c I've always knew I could wrestle. But I mean when it first started coming to me was probably like freshman year when I made my first world team and then sophomore year I did it again. Junior year I did it again, senior year. It just kept going. Then probably freshman year when I did it first was probably like wow like We can actually go play through a wrestling that no one knew. I mean, you always dream about being on a world team, but like until you see it, then you don't really know how how wrestling actually goes outside of folk style.
0: Right. And it's interesting, too, because you're, you know, it's interesting, I mean, that, that, I don't want to say it took that long for you to realize that that's where the potential is. I think you were being true with yourself and waiting what that competition is like at that next level. But to that effect, like, you're not somebody who loses often. You know, as long as I've been following your career, you have a handful of losses and yeah. you I think you rebound pretty well, especially from an outsider standpoint, seeing kind of how you you react and when you're when you're younger does it does it get easier to kind of put in perspective what the loss means and, and not give up and say, like, okay, I lost and I'm only nine years old. I can't be an Olympic champ. Or I lost and I'm 14. I can't be an Olympic champ. Like, does, it, do, does time help you with that? Or what's that process like to when you have the self-awareness that says, no, I'm good enough. And this loss doesn't define that Olympic dream. This loss doesn't. Like, when does that shift kind of happen?
1: Uh, I think it happens when you really figure out what you want to do in wrestling and how you want to mature from it. When you're younger, you just you're just going out there, and the main goal—I mean, the main goal all the time—is to win. Like when you're younger, it's always like you have to win; it's mandatory. Right. And it is now, but as you get older, you, you figure out that you got to do all the little things, and sometimes a loss or two can help you figure out what you really need to do to get on that platform to keep going up.
0: And how do you? you know I'm always fascinated by high-level athletes especially wrestlers who rebound so well from losses like you I've seen your losses over the last couple of years and again it, it's less than a handful how yeah. what's your perspective like when you do lose to maintain that good perspective because I know there's guys who they lose and they go just kind of sit in a room and pout for months and I get it because I, I think I might do the same thing but you seem to have a good a good perspective on loss and how it can further you, like, how do you keep that? How do you rebound from a loss and use that to get even better?
1: I mean, I'm still really young. I just I'm nineteen and obviously like losses can mean a lot. But in the long run I still got I still got a long way to go and I feel like that with with winning comes a few losses and everyone knows like Jordan will tell you, Kyle will tell you, David Taylor has lost many times too. And it's a, it's a part of how you, how you can grow as a person. I mean, wins and losses don't really define you in your life, but you just gotta, you gotta make sure you keep your head straight and can't, can't let a, a loss take up your life. Cause as you see it, like a lot of people back in the day, I mean, they lose the Olympic some Some people can go crazy from it, but I believe that, like a lot of people say, wins and losses don't really, don't define like who you are as a person. It just defines the the one spot that you are in at on uh, on the wrestling mat. So it's, I feel like it's not it is a big deal, but to me it's just it's just another stepping stone to keep going forward.
0: And does it make it harder or easier to accept losses when it doesn't happen as often? You know, that was always one thing I'm fascinated by with certain people who don't lose a lot that you know, you don't kind of get into that routine of losing on a big stage, so when you do, does it make it easier or harder that you don't lose that much?
1: Um, I think it makes it um, easier because I mean, a lot of people tell you like, a lot of people who win a lot and they lose one time at like a big tournament, they can they come back a lot, a lot smarter and harder and how their training went and how their training has gone since that loss. And so I feel that losing on a big big stage like that is actually it's hard of course but i think it's it's easy to re to regain who you are and to make the little adjustments on to come back to win the next year
0: and does that give you more confidence knowing that you know what you can work on or what's it like from a confidence standpoint because i know that like i i was just talking about it last week to somebody that yeah. I love when i lose like a year later or two years later for me it's not on the map but it's it's in business i love when i suffer a business loss like a year later two years later once you kind of rebound from it and you mature from it and you you see what you gained through the loss and with wrestling it's like you don't kind of have that time to look back because you have to like wrestling is such a brutal sport that you have to focus and you have to lock in on getting better and you have to lock in on on looking looking past it and you also have to not lose confidence. Does your confidence not waver through the loss because you have that self-awareness of knowing what you're potentially, how you're going to get better through it? Or what's that like?
1: Um, no, I don't think my confidence has a waiver through it. I mean, I, I took the loss last year to Anthony and Nick. And I think uh, through them losses, I think you, you grow as a person, as a whole. And you go in wrestling and just, you go in life. So I think like losing like that in them big spots, they are they are they can bring your confidence out for a little bit, but in the long run you you see how far you actually made in the tournament how how little of a step you need to take to to get the win.
0: And to that effect too of losses, I think one of the other cool thing win and loss really is you're growing up in an era like you said you're only 19 you're growing up in an era now where athletes and anybody who has a potential reach and influence is not struggling but they're they're focusing on building their brand because you have tools like Instagram Facebook Twitter you have these these platforms where you can build an audience. And you can be role models and you can set yourself up for brand deals in the future, maybe sooner rather than later if the NCAA passes this law with college kids being able to profit their likeness. But you you have these other elements. And I know some people get really distracted and I see both sides of the spectrum where I talk to guys and, and Burrow says, like, listen, I've stayed off of social for two weeks and lost a tournament. I've stayed off of social for two weeks and won a tournament. But a lot of kids in a lot of guys adults whoever they get caught up in the comments like when you're dealing with a loss do you do anything different with social like you engage very well w- with with your fans with your friends yeah. with the community do you notice <laughs> that you do does it make it any harder or easier when you lose and you deal with social or what's that like uh
1: that's that's a really tough one because like when you lose i mean especially like last year when you lose like people say you people can call you overrated Yep. And just like Jordan mentioned, you can stay off, you can stay off Instagram, Twitter, and all that other stuff for weeks at a time. You can win and lose. It's just how you. I think it's really just what you look at and uh, how long you're on the app for. And you can get so caught up in Instagram and how many likes you get, I mean comments you get, who's commenting at you, the bad and good things people people say to you. It's always a uh, people I say that don't pay attention to it, but it's like it's actually hard not to because. Right. It's, yeah, they're talking to you in the
0: right.
1: eventually the long run, and so, but it is hard. It is hard to 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 uh, not focus on all that. But I think it for me it's like really easy because in the end we're all athletes, and we're all gonna get talked bad about in some way, and we're all gonna be talked talked good about when you win and when you lose. People are gonna have their comments on why you lost and how you did. Yep. But I mean, it's all just how you take it. But at the end.
0: Do you, like I said, you do a really good job with engaging with people. And I feel like so many wrestlers don't because they just either some coaches I know are old school and just, it's like, listen, stay off of social until you win the Olympics and brand deals will find you. And we're kind of navigating away from that era where you can win and get good brand deals. Nowadays you win and then brands look at you and say, okay, great. But what's your reach? Because the guy who placed fifth, might do better for us because his reach is three times the size like are you finding yourself focusing on growing your brand through social or are you just having fun like you know as you win you naturally your audience gets bigger you're you're in front of more eyeballs when you win whether it's the bill farrell or ncaa's there's obviously different audiences but the more you win the more you build your audience, is it something you focus on a lot, or do you just kind of have fun with it and take it in strides? With what happens, happens.
1: Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I like to have fun with my Instagram and just comment funny things and I my friends' pitches and obviously likes will come with it, and winning will come with followers and people saying good and bad things. Like I told you, but the growing the growing the brand part, I mean, I feel like I've always had a. A little sense of humor on me when i go out there and wrestle i mean a lot of people could say bad things and good things about it but i mean the in the end i feel like i'm i'm growing myself as a person and my brand is who i am but also in the end i just it's mainly just having fun on instagram and twitter and just not letting people tell you what to do and just doing just being who you are
0: is it a is it a process of like constant self-awareness to make sure you keep having fun or Is there just no kind of thought to the aspect of like for me, I know I'm constantly trying to reevaluate like what am I putting out content wise for potential clients and making sure what current clients see. And, you know, now that I'm married, like not kind of oversharing and do you give it much thought or is it just kind of, again, going with the flow with it?
1: Uh, A lot of it's going with the flow, but like a lot of like my day to day things I I don't put up. Like if you look at my Instagram, it's just like wrestling pictures. Sometimes I post picture of my outfit, but I kind of like step back from doing that because I mean it's just I like I like having this like, I like designer clothes like everyone does. Yep. And I like and I like wearing nice things. Everyone does too. And I kind of like refrain from posting that stuff because I don't want I just don't want that attention on me. Like oh, you always got nice clothes on. But right. Like, really, it's just like really it's just like I I'm just like you guys and I like to wear the basic stuff too, but can't really front for Instagram like that because the whole world does yeah and so but I mean there's always a there's always a little block to it I mean I I don't like to post too much out there on my daily self I post what I have to like a picture of me wrestling winning a tournament a little nice picture but other than that I don't really post nothing else out there just keep keep my private life to me and whatever I need the public to see I'll, I'll show a little bit
0: yeah for sure i think i'm the same way and i think that's a good approach especially if it doesn't distract you and like you said like when you win it's great people you know they're kind of i don't want to say bandwagon fans but you get a lot of i actually remember vividly because i I, it's always so obvious how not just bandwagon fans but everybody's very supportive when you win and i remember i can't remember what tournament was specifically um, it might have been after you lost at Junior Worlds. I remember you posting something like, listen, thank you to everybody who reached out like after the yeah. loss. I think that was Junior oh, Worlds. It was,
1: on my, it, was on my, it was on my Instagram story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And yeah. I remember
0: thinking, like, you know, that was one time that I'm like, I always. Like I, I try to kind of go with the feel with with how I think somebody is, but like I'm always trying to encourage people, and like you know I want to support yeah. somebody win and loss, and that was a reminder yeah. to me to be like, listen, these guys need that like support and they need that love, like win or loss, and it's so easy yeah. to, to pour out the love when somebody wins. It's like, man, what a great tournament! You did
1: awesome! You looked oh, good. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. But even in loss, I remember,
1: go ahead. I went from uh, my past four championships, I would go. When I won Junior Worlds my uh third year. No, my first time going to junior worlds when I won, my phone just was blowing up with text messages. And uh, the second year I went and I lost, it was like no one knew I was there. Like I only got like right. five text messages. <laughs> it was from like my mom, dad, my brother, <laughs> and like three others. Like no Instagram followers, no nothing. And I posted that, then I was just like, it's all gonna change when I come to NTA season. And it did.
0: Yeah, and it's nuts, man. It's like- but it's just...
1: Yeah, it's just crazy how, like, people take approach to that. Like, when you win, like, everyone's, everyone knows you. And it's crazy. Yeah. That's, like, that's how life is. Like, you win some, the whole world knows. You lose some, it's like you don't exist.
0: And that's always been my conviction. Like, especially lately. And once you posted that, honestly, ever since then, I've been, like, purposing more to make sure I reach out to you guys, like, if there's a loss. Because it's like, as a fan, you're hurt, too. And you don't want to, yeah. like you don't want to bring it up like it's obvious but as a fan you're like oh i don't really want to like he lost he's probably not in a good mood but like you kind of need that like you need that love and support and like honestly ever since that post i remember like i'm like you know what he's right like i I got a purpose in my heart to like reach out to these guys like if and when they lose like they're devastated i feel like wrestling such a Wrestling is such a, an intimate sport, too, where it's like, as a fan, you can't eat when you're watching. You're standing up. You can't do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're you're into it. Like, you, you feel it. I remember Reese just told me last week on the last episode of the podcast, like, as a coach, he feels it from the corner when a guy gets his arm raised or when he suffers a loss. And I think yeah. as a fan, you kind of do the same thing. But it's interesting... Yeah to have that, that perspective too, of knowing that kind of guys need that support and love when they lose too. But so going back a little bit to, to the actual wrestling side of it, you, you won the Bill Farrell, you qualified for the trials. What are you, like what's your kind of mindset like now? Like, you know, who's going to be there, you know, your talent level, like what's your mindset going into the trials and knowing that you have the talent to make the team and you have guys yeah. with the same talent level that you you have, w- what is your mindset going into that to, to be the absolute best and make that Olympic team?
1: I mean, it's just, it's going to be a lot more serious approach. I mean, it's how I approach every tournament, just my best effort and just laid on the line for my five, six matches that I have to. I mean, it's just it's the same thing every time I go to a random tournament. It's just local tournaments, the same mindset. Just I gotta gotta put put points on the board and can't let can't let it get into the ref's hands and just can't let someone else control the match. I want to wrestle.
0: And are you gonna try to? Is the mindset more wrestle as much as you can, especially freestyle? Because you know you don't wrestle that much freestyle, but you're pretty dang good you'd think you'd wrestle a lot more freestyle than you do like do you do you factor in like especially knowing you want to at least the second half of the season be wrestling collegiately do you do you want to do some more freestyle tournaments and and just not, not really experience you have the experience but just that routine of competing freestyle do you have that kind of desire to wrestle freestyle a little bit more over the next you know five, six months and see what you can polish up?
1: Um, I don't know. Tournament-wise, I think maybe one tournament would be good. But, I mean, practicing will be mostly focused on freestyle and that obviously, of course. But, I mean, I don't know. I've always had the freestyle touch, like, for some random reason. I've, it's always been there for me. And I somehow, like, don't lose it sometimes. And, but my, just the main focus is just work both and just be ready when I need to go.
0: Have you wrestled international tournaments aside from the World Championships? Yes, I went to Belarus for the Medved. That's right. I forgot about that, that one. That was the only one. Yeah, that's interesting. But still, so you're obviously a fan then of the side of the argument that wrestling's wrestling. And it doesn't matter if it's folk style or freestyle. If you're a good wrestler, you'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because I see some of these guys that are saying that there's a difference in you know your approach, but a, a lot of the top level guys are all the mindset of listen, if you're a good wrestler, it doesn't matter what style it is. You're going to go out there and do your thing. The, the differences are so small. Do you do you change it up a bit in practice though, knowing you have such a especially this year have such a hard focus on freestyle?
1: Yeah, we mostly we've mostly have been wrestling freestyle. I mean, folk style. My folk style sense will always be there, but this year it's getting after the freestyle season. And I mean, it's not hard to forget how to wrestle on top, and it's not hard to forget how to actually right. play, get a step out playing <laughs> freestyle. So I mean, my main focus, my focus is there for both. I mean, everyone has the sense of both. That if you re- if you ask someone who wrestles freestyle and folk style. It's the same thing, just just a few tweaks, like you mentioned already.
0: By the way, speaking of tweaks and training, what was it like meeting Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar, growing up a WWE fan, like Brock Lesnar, WWE champion, UFC Hall of Famer. Like I'm not, I'm not the biggest Brock Lesnar fan in the world, but I'm a growing up as a huge WWE fan. So to meet a WWE champion, and in your case, not just meet him, like I saw you met him backstage and whatnot, and Paul Heyman which is super cool, but being able to train with him in a Minnesota room and having him come in and want to train with you, what
1: was that like? Uh, I think, to me, probably the best part is having a person like that, so, like, that high profile, actually come in and recognize who you are and come in and take you in wing for a little bit. I mean, me and Brock, <coughs> we're, we're buddies. We're friends now, and he's a, he's a really good guy. I mean, people know me. You only really hear, hear from him or see from him. But yeah, a lot of people get the impression that he's just like the arrogant person out there. I mean, that's his job in WWE to be yeah to be the the bad guy on TV, like you told me. But I mean, it's just crazy to have someone like that. I mean, you see him on TV all the time. Like people wish they could meet him and I yeah be able to actually like have him come into the room and express who he is to me and show me the his in, like yeses and nos to things. It's, like real, I'm real grateful for all that.
0: And did you go behind? Did you go backstage at Raw then too?
1: Yeah, I've actually been back uh, a few uh, twice. That's awesome. Did you grow up a WWE fan? I mean, I've always watched like Rey Mysterio and John Cena. And I was, I mean, yeah, everyone grew. I feel like everyone grew up in WWE fan. So you guys, anyone who right. the like, Rock is, or people know, right. I mean, everyone knows about it. But it's actually crazy to actually see like how 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 things in WWE really go, like what they do. Behind the scenes, and it's acts like real crazy.
0: Do you have any aspirations to go the WWE route?
1: Yeah, I got a lot to go that route. I mean, I got we have good people here that can connect me to it, and hopefully, just by putting my skill together and keep getting wins, I can build a brand like we talked about earlier, and it'll play out real well.
0: For sure, man. And I just had Jerry Briscoe on the podcast, and you know he's their yeah. one of their talent scouts, and he said that like. You know, if you develop your brand and you, you learn those those skills for talking on the mic, you can be a star. Yep. And you obviously have, like, the size. You have the athleticism to, to, to be a heavyweight and do backflips. Yeah. Like, is it normal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, that ain't normal. So, well, that's cool, man. I, w- I was curious about that because I knew I, I had saw the photo of, of you and Brock at Minnesota. And then I had saw, was it, yeah. you, was it you and Paul Heyman backstage?
1: Yeah, it was me, Paul Heyman, and Brock.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, cool, man. Well, listen, I am pumped for your journey to the Olympic trials and to the potential Olympic Games. I'm going to let you go. I know you have some training to do, and I appreciate you taking some time and stopping by the show.
1: Yeah, thank you for calling me always.
0: Of course, man. And, guys, that is today's show. So go ahead and subscribe if you enjoyed this podcast. Leave a five-star review. I promise you there are so many more good wrestlers coming up. But that is today's show. I will see you guys next time.
1: And the beat goes
0: on.